Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We are excited to have you here for another episode. But before we get started, if you would, please go leave us a rating and review. We would love to have as many stars as you'd be willing to give us. We love five stars the most. But of course, if you don't like us that much, leave us however many stars (laughs) you prefer. (laughs) We love to hear from you. Uh, We love to know what you like. We love to know what you don't like so that we can do a better job serving you. Hey, I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and in the studio, uh, also known as Producer Nathan's Extra Bedroom, uh, today with me, Katie Wiley, and the one and only Producer Nathan. Also uh, joining us via screen today, our conversation is with Yasmin Williams-Woods. Yasmin is a Christian speaker, writer, and YouTuber who serves in multiple ministries in Nashville, including Young Lives and Corner to Corner. Yasmin says her first ministry is being wife to her husband and mom to her four children. After becoming a mother at 14 and enduring the adversities that come with growing up in poverty, Yasmin's passion and God-given purpose is to empower women to conquer life by leveraging the courageous love of Jesus. Yasmin, thanks for joining us. Hi, it is my pleasure. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys for having me. It is so great to have you today, Yasmin. And we want to encourage people to uh, connect with Yasmin via her YouTube channel. Uh, And it is just your name, correct? Yes, that's right. Yasmin Williams Woods, which is the case for all of my um, platforms. You can find me on Instagram. Same thing. My website is just Yasmin Williams Woods. Perfect. Well, uh, so this is going to be a great perspective today. And one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk with you, Yasmin, is I know you're, you have been a parent of a teenager and about to have one graduate soon. So you've, you've done the parenting teenager side of things. You've also uh, been connected in student ministries at, at church and in the community. Uh, And so we'll be talking about all of those things, student pastors, student ministry leaders, uh, parents, youth workers that find yourself listening to this podcast, get ready because there's going to be a lot to learn today. Yasmin, I would love to start uh, in the part of your story uh, at becoming a mom at 14 um, and would love to hear from you um, what that experience was like for you and then specifically... What connection did you have with a church during that time? Was there a church that was reaching out to you? What did that What did that look like? Yeah, so um, it's already been mentioned that, you know, I am a Christian speaker. I actually gave my first sermon when I was nine. And as I tell the testimony, I um, gave my life to Christ at 11. Why anybody let me give a sermon before I <laughs> submitted my life to Christ? I don't know. Um but yeah, and then I I became a mom at 14. So I was actively involved in church, crazy about church. But at the time of my son's birth, we'd actually relocated from Alabama to Ohio. So we weren't active in a church at that time. We weren't members at a church. But um you know, I just think of Proverbs, what is 22 and 6, where the Bible says, you know, train up a child in the way you would have them to go and they will not part from, you know, God's ways. And that that definitely was true for me as I started my journey as a mother, because, again, while I wasn't in a church at the time, all the word that had been imparted mm-hmm. in me, all the messages I'd heard, the Bible verses I'd memorized, the prayers I'd had um, with my family 
um, those seeds were planted and still were taking root and growing even in the midst of um, even in the midst of sin, which was fornication, which was so many, um, so many things that come with being a mom at 14. So having just moved to Ohio and being a mom at 14, um, I, I, I have this belief and based on some personal experience, and I know that there are a lot of experiences outside my, my own experience, but the statement is this, I think teen moms is an underserved or under ministered to in a lot of churches, like that's that segment of people who find themselves in a situation. I'm a teenager, I'm pregnant, I, I'm having this baby. That churches could could do more to connect with the with with ministries that minister already to teen moms or to to reach out in a different way. And you having lived that, uh, you know, I'm of course not asking you to like bad mouth churches at this point at all. But coming from the perspective of, you know, our podcast being towards people who work with teenagers and minister to teenagers, what are some things that would have helped you along the way that would have pastored or ministered to you walking through being a teen mom yourself? For sure. You, you raise a very good point, Ben, because, you know, I work with teen moms now through Young Lives. I know we're going to talk more about that. And their story, their experience is very similar to my own in that church is a place when you are a teen mom where you could easily feel isolated. You mm. could feel excluded, ostracized, like just all of the negatives, all of the things that are the complete opposite of Christ-like love. So I would just encourage any any ministers, any church leaders to just... Um, to just love like Christ loves mm. and remember that remember relationship over religion. And I totally understand where churches come from in terms of like, well, we don't want to make this entire ministry about for teen moms, teen parents, because then perhaps we're promoting um, teen parenting, premarital sex to our other teenagers. I, I get that very real concern, but it is still our responsibility as believers, as disciples to love all of God's children. So in those situations, if that's the, if you're a church leader listening and you just feel torn in between the two places, I would encourage you to definitely reach out to organizations and ministries that are already doing that, that work to your point. So you mentioned the work that you do with Young Lives, and uh, we'll talk about that in just in just a second. I would love for you to just give a quick fill in the gap between Yasmin is living in Ohio and pregnant at 14 and now is uh, a Christian speaker and YouTuber and involved so deeply in the lives of her family and in the community ministries that go on here. Catch us up what happens in between in between those years. Yes. Um, God's faithfulness, mm. God's grace and his mercy for sure. So um, I had always, I love school. I am crazy about all things education. And so because of that, I've always done well in school. So I become a mom as a freshman in high school and by the grace of God was able to graduate the top of my class and receive some scholarships. So I attended 
school at Northwestern University. If there are any Wildcats out there, you're my people. I love you. Um, Purple Pride. And um, from there, you know, my life really started to change as a college student because I started reading books and learning things about my life, having grown up in poverty, having grown Mm. up in a single parented home. And just, you know, I started to understand what I had lived from a social, from a social science perspective. And that really made me want to do something about it. Um, I I always allude to this book. um, It's called Class and Schools, The Black White Achievement Gap. And as I was reading that book as a freshman in college, I was like, my goodness, this is my life. Hmm. This is my life. And if someone has taken the time, so many people have taken the time to write books and to research this, then surely there is something I can do about it. So from that point forward, I made it my business to be um, an educator. I was like, my gosh, Jesus. I would, Well, at the time, I was not repping Jesus the way I rep him now. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I was just like, you know, education changed my life. So I am going to change the world by going to like educate children and ensure that our country has equitable, equitable education for everybody. And so I had a career as an administrator, as a classroom teacher, as a coach, just various places in education. And it got to a point where I was praying with families because, you know, you have all of these best practices, these tools in your toolbox. And you're like, wait a minute, none of this is working. I can help you excel on the SAT. I can help you improve your reading score, whatever the case. But sometimes families would come into my office with so many um, traumatic experiences where it's like the only thing I can do for you right now is to pray Mm. to Jesus. And in those conversations, in those prayer meetings, as they became, I realized that, you know, it's not education that is the ultimate game changer. It is God and God alone. So from that point, I transitioned into full time ministry. I was just like, okay, I still love education. Um. But I'm like, we the world needs Jesus more than um, more than all these other avenues that do so profoundly impact our communities and impact our world. What are some of the things that stuck out to you? I would love to get you to uh, the name of the book again that you mentioned in case uh, people want to go check that out and as they further educate themselves. Um, so I would love to get that again. And then. Uh, I would love to hear you speak to, and listeners, I promise we're going to get to the, the local ministries here in just a second, but, uh, and how churches should connect with ministries that are ongoing in their communities. We're going to get there, but I would love uh, to just hear a little bit on the intersection of the church and social issues that you mentioned you becoming more aware of and educating yourself on because i i see a, a couple of tracks going here one is you said hey i i decided to educate myself on myself on these things and i became aware that that is my story and and i want to help answer that question and then the other intersecting line of i realized people need jesus also education and also these other things. But uh, I would love to hear you talk about from, from, from your side of things, um, the intersection of church and social issues and how the church can be an influence and part of the solution there too. Yeah. So I, I fervently believe that it is our 
faith-filled obligation to serve justice, to be socially aware. And I, I believe it so deeply because, hello, Jesus left heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Like he left perfection to come to earth, to be to be in what we can define as like uncomfortable. And that just makes me feel that if I'm to live like Christ lived and died, then my job is to be uncomfortable. My mm-hmm. job is to go to places that perhaps I wouldn't go or to learn things that I perhaps otherwise wouldn't learn. I can look from like a big aerial view, but to really go into it and become a part of it and understanding and live it firsthand, um, that that is transformational. And I think it is essential for us as believers. Uh, Can you give us the name of the book one more time? Yes, for sure. It is Class in Schools, and I'm going to give you the full title, Using Social, Economic, and Educational Reform to Close the Black-White Achievement Gap. And the book, that particular book is very, it's much more didactic in, in this like way that is, or scholarly, I guess, in the Mm -hmm. way that it's written. But there are so many other books that have been transformational as I um, continue to grow in my knowledge and understanding of social disparities and my, my role in that as a believer. One that comes to mind immediately is The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby as well as it is called Dear White Christians, what every white Christian needs to know about how black Christians see, think, and experience racism in America. And this book is by Aaron Layton. Thank you for those. And listeners, this is so we announced that we have a new format where we're going to introduce you to people uh, and we're going to be giving you resources and things to consider and uh, that we, our desire in our new format with the podcast going forward uh, is to grow alongside of you. So uh, when we have people on that give resources that have impacted you, uh, impacted them, I want to encourage you to check out those resources. Uh, we want this to be something where we educate and grow together in this. So Yasmin, thank you uh, for passing along those resources. Encourage people to check those out. Um, uh, and... Uh, I think you just did, you recently have done a video on your channel with the Jamar Tisby book. Is that correct? Yeah. So I have several books or maybe two or three books, not, um, not books, but I have maybe two or three videos that were essentially inspired by um, his book or that led me into further research because of his book. So yeah, for sure. The video you're speaking of is called um, Reparations. And y'all, I could talk all day about (laughs) many of the questions that you've asked. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm trying to give you like the succinct answer, but if anyone's listening and has more questions, definitely head to my channel or um, DM me on Instagram because I just love talking about Jesus and all things justice. That's good. Thank you for that. Um, So let's now fast forward again uh, and Talk about let's well let's start with young lives uh, that I know is a uh, ministry of young life so st- student ministry people uh, you probably have a young life uh, I don't know chapter I don't know what they're what they're young life regional area region yes, there you go yeah <laughs> uh, 
probably got a long, young life group meeting somewhere in your community. Uh, and they do great work uh, in reaching teenagers and uh, building community among teenagers. And so Young Lives is a part of Young Life. Um, tell us more about what it is, the kind of ministry they do, and how you got connected to it. Yeah, so um, I'm going to have to give you all a bit of the long story of how I got connected to it. But Young Lives, as Ben mentioned, is a part of Young Life. And it is just the area of the ministry that works specifically with teen moms. And in Nashville, we've actually started to work with teen dads as well. Um, So we go into pre-COVID, we go into the schools and we lead parenting classes. From there, we invite them to our various events. Um, And if you're familiar with Young Life, you know, we do club. We do with just like a party with a purpose. We share a message about Jesus Christ. And we just have fun with them, play games and um, do life with them. We pair our moms with mentors. So there's one on one living discipleship. Um, We have Bible studies with our team moms. And I mean, anything that you would do for the ministry leaders out there, everything that you do with your teenagers um, is what we do with our with our moms through Young Lives. And more because there are babies involved (laughs) and there's navigating life and all of that. But it's pretty much otherwise it looks the same. So uh, how did you get connected with them from the start? Is that something that you found through your church or something you found in the community? I found it through the grace of God. (laughs) I know I keep saying that, but it is all, all the glory belongs to God. So um, I relocated. I've moved all over. I relocated from North Carolina to Tennessee and I I lived in a very rural area. And I think that was divine because I needed to rid myself of a whole bunch of sin. And God was like, look, I'm going to put you um, in a place where there are not many options (laughs) for you to for you to stray. So when I relocated to Tennessee, I prayed and I let, and I said to God, like, I want to serve teen moms. I've done a lot of work with teenage girls. And so I was like, but I have I have this testimony. I have a story. I want to specifically reach teen moms within a week of moving here. I attended an event. Someone had on a shirt that caught my eye. Um, because it had the letter Y on it. Sorry, y'all. I was so vain. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is that shirt with the letter Y on it? And um, the initial of my first name. And the, the gentleman said that it was a Young Life shirt. I'd never heard of Young Life. He went on to tell me that his wife was um, a, on the board for Young Lives. Hmm. And he tells me that it is a it's a ministry for teen moms. I said, stop, you're playing with me, Jesus. I just talked to you about this. And here we are randomly. Here's this ministry that does exactly what it is that I feel led and called to do. So um, started volunteering a little, then started my started growing my family, met my husband, got married. Um, and so I stopped volunteering. Opportunity came around to be on the board where I attended an event. And from there, I was like, I need to get back involved with Young Lives. I served on the board for a little bit. And then eventually, like, all right, Jesus, I need to work full time in ministry. And so I joined staff. That's great. And that so there's uh, that exists here in the Nashville area and student ministry leaders. That's something that you can check in and see if there's a Young Life club that exists in your area. And if they have 
Young Lives as a part of that. You could probably also go on the website and find all of that all of that information out. But I would love to say just one quick thing about church and what's typically called parachurch ministries uh, and the partnership that can exist between those two. So I would say this of our uh, area Young Life Club here. Um, I know the guy Becker is the guy that, that is. Uh, runs this specific area and fantastic dude and just wants to do ministry well with teenagers, wants to partner with churches, wants to plug students that come to Young Life into local area churches where they can continue to be discipled, all of those things. Um, But uh, I know from a lot of student pastors outside of this area, just across the country, there seems to be a hesitancy for churches sometimes to partner with parachurch ministries that exist in the community. And it's, it's kind of unfortunate that mm-hmm. a lot of times churches say, well, no, this is our lane and we're going to run over here. And this ministry to teenagers, you do your thing and you run over there. And there's not a lot of communication between the two. But if there was there's a lot of systems and strategy in place where those two things can come together. When we talk about reaching a community of teenagers for Christ, it's gonna take all hands on deck. And I think a lot of times student ministries miss out on potential partnerships with parachurch ministries just by kind of staying in our own spot. So this is your encouragement to find and meet the leaders of these ministries that Yasmin is a part of um, that may exist in your area because there's a lot of opportunity for you to make a difference in connecting with some things that are already going on. Yeah, for sure. I cannot agree with you more. And I just keep thinking about we are one body. So if this ministry is doing is serving teens or teen moms or whatever in this way, and my church congregation is serving them in this way, like we can meet, we can expand our impact and truly transform the lives of of teenagers, of people, which is what what it is about. Ministries are in need like Young Life. We are in need of you know, spaces to host our events. We want to meet more, more moms, more teenagers who maybe, at least for us, a lot of times moms have to transition in alternative into alternative school settings. And so they may not be at the schools where we're at, but perhaps they have family members who attend your church. And so I feel like when we neglect to connect with one another, we really do miss an opportunity to fully serve God's children. One of the things that you mentioned earlier about your own experience is that sometimes uh, church can be an isolating or uh, embarrassing even place for a teen mom to walk into or to be a part of. So in your ministry now as a part of Young Lives, do you find that still to be true, that the moms that you are working with kind of struggle to think about, man, I can't walk in a church. Look what I've done and, you know, fill in the blank with the excuses. Um, and I just, if that is your experience, then man, what a difference a church being involved at ground zero, so to speak, and building the relationship mm-hmm. before they walk in the doors of the church so that walking in the doors of the church isn't as isolating. Yes, for sure. Um, Yeah, our moms speak to that all the time. And Mm. we have mentors that will invite them to church 
But so many of our girls talk about the term church hurt of like mm-hmm. when I got pregnant, everyone talked about me or they told me I, I wasn't allowed to come. Or I mean, like it is in, like the, the stories are insane where I can't even believe that in this day and age, we still have um, congregations or leaders that are so religious that we are refusing to extend the love of Jesus to to teen moms. But again, as I alluded to earlier, I understand leaders who are in a tough situation where there might be a demographic of parents who are saying we don't want there to be just a ministry for teen parents because maybe they don't want their children to be exposed to that. And, you know, there's some work and some prayer some grace that's needed there, but I understand the the valid concern. That is a situation where it's all the more important to be involved with these other ministries so that when a teen mom walks in, maybe I don't know her. I don't know her story. Maybe we don't have a specific ministry to tailor to her needs, but I'm connected with Young Lives and I can tell you like, hey, I want you to meet this woman. Do you mind if I give you her information? Teen moms, any person, any child definitely mm-hmm. wants to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be known just as God knows us fully. Um, and so if we can have teenagers in our spaces, specifically teen moms in our spaces, and we say, hey, there's somebody I want you to meet. There's um, an organization I want you to connect with. Then that is planting the seeds of of love. That is spreading the gospel. I would I would be willing to argue with someone all day about it. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, I think as church leaders, uh, I this is an area where I would say I f- have fallen short as a youth pastor in, in the past. And that's taking the time to slow down and ask the question, how can what we're planning or how can what we're doing in this ministry potentially be isolating to someone who might walk in the door? I didn't ask that question enough. And that, that's a that's a shortfall on my part because I fully believe that we would have changed something. Probably not all things, but we would have done some things differently if I would have stopped to ask the question, how could this thing be isolating for someone that could potentially walk in the door, whether it's a teen mom situation or whether a person of a different race or ethnicity walks in the door or male or female is what we're doing going to be isolating for, and then imagine someone walking in the door. I, I didn't ask it enough and I want to learn from my mistakes, people that this, this is a good question to ask. We have to ask it more. That is a great question. I'm going to make it my business to ask that more as well. That's good. <laughs> so let's talk about another ministry that you're involved in, uh, and that's Corner to Corner. That's here locally. Um, tell us about that and how you got the kind of work that they do, kind of ministry that they do. And then uh, this one's also involving teenagers. Um, tell us how you got connected to that and what they do. Yeah, so I absolutely love both of these ministries. I'm so pumped to talk about Corner to Corner specifically. Um, I got involved with Corner to Corner. First of all, if you're in the Nashville area and you have not heard of Corner to Corner, I am going to pray hard for you because you are missing out. And I don't know how you haven't heard about it because I was just like doing my normal work life in Nashville and everyone was like you need to meet Will Acuff and Tiffany Acuff and I'm just like okay great like okay sure um and 
I finally met them and I was like, oh my goodness, I see why everyone is saying that I need to meet the founders of this organization. So it just was a like introduction. You guys are amazing. I see your heart for Jesus. I see your heart for his people. And after some time, I um, started speaking more and really needed to figure out how to how to organize myself as a business owner because it's like hello taxes and just mm. hello legal things. <laughs> and right. uh, so I was like, okay, well, corner to corner, one of one of the programs that they're most known for is their program called the Academy, where they help um, entrepreneurs start, grow, and plan for businesses. So I did that. I did that program, and it was um, very influential experience. From there. Corner Corner also um, teaches Bible studies. And in case you haven't picked up on this yet, I love Jesus mm. and I <laughs> love studying his words. So I was like, okay, I'm going to the Bible studies. And it's just good to get outside of your normal church setting and meet people from different walks of life and mm. just whom you maybe otherwise would never study God's word with. And I just truly enjoyed that experience because it made me feel like this is kingdom work. This is what heaven will look like. While many of us were um, women and women of color, it still was like our our backgrounds were just so diverse. And, and since then, the Bible studies have become more diverse. So I'm saying this as a shameless plug. If you are looking for a small group or a Bible study, Corner Corner has one and which I lead their Bible studies now, which is why um, how I got deep, more deeply involved with their work. Um, yeah, but and can I I don't know how much time I have. Y'all, I'm telling you, I can just talk. I can talk. You're but good. Let me tell just you run about, with it. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about three more of their programs. So they have Hope Bakes and it is an organization or it is a program for school age children where they learn to bake but it's like I'm not just learning to bake I'm learning social skills I'm learning math I'm learning how to cook like I'm just learning life Mm -hmm. essentially through this and then they do script to screen which is taking children's love for movies and for screens and pairing it with literacy with script writing with film producing we know movie films video is so so big it's so ingrained in our culture these days so um through script to screen students are learning how to write produce and create film Hmm. and then the last the last program that corner to corner offers or i don't even know if program is the correct term but the last part under the umbrella is the coalition and it is it is all about anti-racist anti-racism awareness and they do like build a bridge, so many studies and just work around making ourselves aware, making ourselves actively, um, actively operating against racism. And from a biblical, biblical perspective, it's just all things Christian, all things Jesus, all things that I am, I am all about. Mm. A lot of good stuff. I love the connection of the practical life skills and biblical perspectives like we're going to teach you these things but as you learn these things we're also going to be telling you about jesus the whole way through and it's an opportunity to build a bridge to people 
in order to share in order to share the gospel and i i absolutely love the opportunities even like the script to screen thing because that like specifically in the church probably not many opportunities for teenagers who are really really involved in those things to flex those grow those creative muscles uh and that that's a point that um maybe churches can learn from and partner with ministries in the area to allow students that may already be in your church to say hey like this is a place where you can grow that talent and ability that that might be there for sure and being you bring up a good point first of all i love the way you said that so beautifully like it's very practical and biblical i and i think i just think that's what jesus embodied like yes i am the messiah i am salvation but I am practical in your face here, walking earth with you. So I, I love that Corner Corner does that so, so beautifully, so powerfully. But you being just brought up a good point just in terms of like teenagers for student leaders who are listening, like these are opportunities, whether it be Young Life or Corner to Corner or another ministry in your community. These are opportunities for for the children whom you serve to grow as well, because um, oftentimes we look at organizations within our community or broader communities and say, like, we're going to we're going to go volunteer or we're going to donate this amount or raise money. And all that has a value and all that is necessary. But it's like it's not only your students being able to give but it's them having the opportunity to grow as well because they are now serving alongside, not serving, but they're serving alongside their brothers and sisters whom they maybe would never meet. They're learning about their brothers and sisters whom they, again, probably would never meet. And I think like that is just such a beautiful thing when we start to think about discipleship as an opportunity for to cherish one another as opposed to just providing charity for mm. one another. Yeah. That is so good. And it, it opens up a whole other topic area that, that we could talk about. And I, what comes to my mind is, because I think one thing churches are good at is looking for places where they can go serve. What I think and what you just identified is instead of saying that, what is a place where we can go be involved? Mm. Where we could be peers alongside everyone else that's a part of what's already happening not where we can go and rescue and where we can go and as you said it provide charity but where we can go and and be together in this and serve alongside rather than just serve and i think that takes a a paradigm that's existed in churches for a long time and flips it on its head. And listen, there's nothing wrong with asking the question, where can we go serve in our community? Like there's nothing wrong with that. And there, there are, there's nothing wrong with being charitable, but what, what if that serve alongside became, became the question and, and, and being involved more than, landing somewhere and then leaving right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, mm, I'm going to be thinking about that 
that that's gonna that's gonna stick with me for a long time. That's that's a good one to ponder on right there. It is, it is for sure. I, Yasmin, I want to ask you this too, and it kind of connects with this with this same line of thinking. Um, serving teenagers in these avenues that you do, both with corner to corner and uh, and with young lives, um, having parented or still parenting a teenager yourself, and some that are going to be coming uh, that are going to be in those years. Uh, in the next little bit as well. Um, what are some things that you see that churches could improve on in their ministry to teenagers? We want to learn from you in this, uh, have a parent of a teenager and someone who's involved in community ministries with teenagers. What are some things that you see that churches could improve on in ministry to teenagers? Um, and I'm, this is no judgment. I am so guilty of this myself, but so I want to just charge if I can charge myself yeah. and any church leaders, ministry leaders to, to not do what's easy. Mm. Um, it's so it's natural to be drawn to the children who are sold out for Christ or who have the parents who are really involved in church or even the kids who are just like in the middle and unsure it is so much more uncomfortable to reach the furthest out kid to have to start the conversation with the child whom you know is is wayward or um, to even have the conversation with parents who um, who aren't as active or aren't as involved. So I just want to encourage anyone listening to have the hard conversations, do the hard work. As as I've already mentioned, Jesus left heaven. So surely we can leave our perfect little small groups, our perfect little offices and and go do do the hard work, because the furthest out child is the kid who who really needs love. um, Jesus's love That's such a good reminder and such a good challenge to leave all of you with. Uh, on the podcast today. Yasmin, I want to say thank you so much for uh, challenging us, for encouraging us, pouring into us and the audience today. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. It seriously um, was my pleasure. I hope I didn't talk anyone um, <laughs> anyone's ears off. I, I am so grateful to have had the opportunity. Well, we're thankful you were here. And listeners, if you will hang with us, we'll be right back after this short message to wrap it up. So don't go anywhere. Before you go, we wanted to let you know about another way Lifeway is working to serve you in your mission of making disciples. We know 2020 was a hard year for churches, but God uses times like these to remind us what matters most. Church On is a four-step initiative to help your church cast a new vision for 2021 and beyond. Find encouraging content and resources to help you church on by visiting lifeway.com slash church on. So we just had an awesome conversation with Yasmin. And as part of this new format, this is something that we're going to do after every one of these interviews is the three of us will come right back after that short ad and have a brief conversation on kind of what we took away from that moment. So this will be the place where uh, we can make some super practical student ministry tie-ins or that we can draw your attention to some of the specific things that came out in each one of these interviews. So we would love to hear what you think about the new format in a continuing basis. So please let us know. And then uh, we want to hear what you think about 
this particular segment of the podcast where we reflect on the conversation that we just had. So guys, we just talked to Yasmin uh, and she's absolutely amazing. What are some things that you are taking away from today's conversation with her? I have a whole page of notes here, so quite a bit. But, and he's uh, not lying. Like I'm looking at producer Nathan's notepad and he does. Uh, if I can only read my writing. So <laughs> several things that really stick out to me, it was, I think somewhere around the middle when she started talking about a few of the other organizations that kind of, some of the things that their organizations do. She, when she talking about Hope Bakes and Screen to Screen, and it just got my mind racing down the tracks of like, man, what does it look like to connect students to some of those life skill kind of things with other Christian leaders, other Christian people in your church. And my mind went to like, how easy would it have been for me as a student pastor to just simply be like to, to a couple of students that I knew maybe were struggling with some of those life skills or just needed another adult mentor. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I tried to set up so many complex systems. And I was like, man, what if I would have just asked them to come early on a Wednesday night to be in the kitchen with the ladies who cooked the Wednesday night meal, because those are some of the godliest women in our church. Like they just a lifetime record of what faithful serving looks like. Yeah. My mind was like, man, that, that was so easy. I'm like, I hate that. I missed that opportunity and chance. I think sometimes we make it so much more hard than it should be. Yeah, yeah. I agree. There are places like that all over the church. Yeah. How about a Wednesday night meal? I love a good, I love, I love a, yeah. a good <laughs> Wednesday church night, Wednesday night meal. Spaghetti. Mm. So here's one of the things that I thought of, Nathan, on that conversation. So a lot of times, and so that's one way to take it. Another way to take it is there are uh, ministries that exist in the community that are reaching people who probably don't have a connection with a church anywhere right now. And in student ministry, we spin our wheels all the time trying to think about what are some things that we could do to reach people that aren't connected to church. Mm-hmm. And there are these things that are already in place that are doing this. So what about teenagers in your ministry that are interested in, so let's take these two examples, like the baking one and the screen one, Mm -hmm. that script writing and the movies and all of that. What if there are students in your ministry that are already excited about those things? How about talking to them about going and being a part of this ministry that already exists to build relationships with teenagers from the community that are going to learn these skills and being a part of this because that's what they're interested in. It's a ready-made place where they can go, where they can build a relationship for the purpose of sharing the gospel and connect those students back to the local church. And you don't even have to start a new program to do that. Like it is, it's just there waiting. How often do we say, you know, you got to be take the gospel to your friends, take the gospel to these other people. But yet, we I think students are like, okay, so that means I got to go find this random dude, the lunch table, cold cold call quote. You know, just yeah. walk up to somebody I don't know. But if we pitch it like this, take your passion, take what you're excited about, and share Christ through the love of that. And yeah. we're going to help you. Pl- con- I love it. Just connect all those pieces together. Yeah, man, that's so good. I think, and it was said also that we're really good sometimes at asking where can we go serve instead of asking where can we be involved. And that really does make it, uh, especially for students, it takes them from the, I'm just going to go do this thing, fulfill this obligation, fulfill this requirement to, to share, to be sort of involved versus it becoming like a lifelong habit of learning how to share the gospel with others. Here, Yes. It, it is the statement that she made um, that just kind of made me sit back in my chair and like, that's something I'm going to be thinking about. You're going to hear this come up on the podcast again. You might, you might even see it in some student ministry that matters videos and some <laughs> things like that, because I think it is such an important way to think about it. And that was, we need to cherish one another. 
Uh, I, I forget exactly how she said it, but cherishing one another instead of just having charity for each mm-hmm. other. And again, there's a time to be charitable, and that's something that we're called to do as believers too, but it almost feels like taking it beyond that to really cherish each other. And Katie, it's that it's that concept that you were talking about. How can we ask the question instead of where can we go serve and kind of fly in and then fly out? Instead of that, where can mm-hmm. we go and be involved and have an ongoing ministry with some other group rather than ministry to? Yeah, Ben, I think that's so true because if you if you cherish the person cherish the organizations you're working with then the charity is like just like breathing it's it will be there yeah instead of just being another check mark i think too often it's you know okay we've done this check off we volunteered this month or whatever you know the check boxes kind of can turn into be mm-hmm. if we're not careful and so i think just i loved how she said cherish the people yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like you no. started off our conversation by saying we make it harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. And we do like these are these are things that are already going on. And while there may not be a Young Lives or a Corner to Corner specifically in your community, student pastor, within a drive, there are ministries that are reaching teenagers that your church may not be reaching. And so what does it look like? for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of reaching all the teenagers in your community, what does it look like to ask a different question? I think too, there's this connotation for me anyway, around the word charity. I mean, if you think specifically in the context of teen moms, like nobody wants to be referred to or thought of as a charity case, but Mm. cherishing is really more about sharing Christ's love with people. And so when we stop thinking about connecting with these ministries or connecting with groups of people who are different or could be considered a charity case. We really turn ourselves toward, toward loving instead. Yeah, that's good. Well, I hope you have uh, enjoyed the new format or are enjoying the new format. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Yasmin. I hope you were challenged to think differently. I hope you were encouraged to continue down a path that you're currently heading in your student ministry And I know that I've learned today. I hope you have as well. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We'll see you next time.